0: As you're here this morning as we continue to preach Jesus and walk through the book of Acts. Last week Kevin introduced us to the book of Acts and went through chapter 1. Today we're going to be focusing on Acts chapter 2 and we're going to be looking at what a church that is spiritually alive is actually like. Don't you want to be part of a church that is spiritually alive? yeah and what is that i mean that is that is a a church where believers who are following christ fully engaged fully alive in christ gather together to worship to study to be in community together and i'm telling you right now a church that is that is full of the spirit a church that is full of believers who are following the spirit and are spiritually alive is a church where the commons is going to be full it's a church where the worship center is going to be full it's a church where the baptistry is going to be full it's a church where the small group uh, rooms are going to be full but that church is going to also exist in a city that is full of people who are talking about jesus because that's what this is all about it's not just about an experience in worship which aren't you glad we have that ultimately it's about who Jesus is the wonderful things that God has done and how he has saved us from our sins so that we can follow him all of our life and then be in his presence for the rest of eternity that is what we're talking about and that is what we see in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, you're going to need them this morning. Take out your Bibles. If you didn't bring one with you, there's one right there under the chair in front of you. Open to the book of Acts chapter 2. We're going to be focusing on and reading verses 1 through 13 this morning. It may be a very familiar passage of scripture to you. I hope that it is because there are some exciting things that we see going on in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 13. Now, while you're turning there, let me take just a second and let me introduce myself. My name is Corey. Uh, I'm one of the pastors. If I hadn't had the chance to meet you yet, I would love to be able to do so. I'm going to be in the uh, Next Steps area as you leave this morning. would love to be able to just shake your hand and, uh, and learn your name. And also, Janie mentioned that QR code that's at the bottom of your listening guide. Let me point you to that as well and uh, ask you if, uh, if you would fill out the digital connect card that you can access by scanning that QR code that's on your listening guide this morning. Fill that out. We ask everybody to fill that out. Here's the cool thing. If you're a first or second time guest with us, uh, first let me just say, hey, welcome. You are among friends. Act like you own the place, okay? Uh, We are here for you this morning, but if you fill out that digital connect card this morning, we're going to give $10 in your honor to a local uh, ministry uh, here in Christian County, and so you're making a difference just by filling that out, but let me encourage everybody to do it. We'd love to be able to pray for you, for those things that you put on that uh, prayer request section there, and we'd just like to know that you're here as well. All right, Acts, Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Let's read the first 13 verses of Acts chapter 2, and then we're going to unpack these this morning. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. suddenly. There was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And every one present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, in the province of Asia, Phygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. I mean, what's the picture that you have in your mind when you read through Acts chapter 2? What do you know about Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13? I mean, you may see it as this. Uh, It's what we refer to a lot as the birth of, of the church the birth of the christian church and that's absolutely correct the holy spirit shows up in a big way the holy spirit fills the believers that are there in uh in a very obvious way and then the word of god begins to what go out i mean and this is a key moment in the book of acts which is a key book in the book of the bible you know kevin talked a little bit about the importance of the book of acts last week And it's important, I think, for us to understand the book of Acts because I've heard it described like this before. uh, The book of Acts is kind of a key that helps us unlock and understand the rest of the New Testament. If you don't see what happened in the book of Acts, it's hard to understand what's going on in the rest of the uh, New Testament and the early church. And so it's really important for us to see and understand. What is actually going on here? And so what the first thing that I want us to do is we begin to unpack this passage of Scripture as uh, I want us to look at it in context because there is a lot going on here. As a matter of fact, we don't even, we, we don't even begin to have enough time to unpack everything that's going on uh, in Acts chapter 2, but we're going to do a little bit this morning, okay? So I need you to do something with me, all right? Everybody put your hand out like this. Kind of put your thumb on top of your top of your index finger and hold it there like that now what you have in your hand right now is a hat it's the bill of a hat okay let's all just put it on we are now putting on our bible nerd hats okay Put it on tight You might want to tie it on because there's some stuff that you're about to hear that may blow your mind I didn't come up with any of this I've just studied it and I kind of know and i've been able to to connect some things here Because when you read acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 13 You're just seeing the tip of the iceberg of what god is unfolding in his word And here's the first thing that I would have us understand is this in order to read acts chapter 2 verses 1 1 through 13 and understand it it needs to be understood in the light of the experience that israel had at mount sinai in exodus 19 16 through 20 have you ever made that connection have you ever read Acts chapter uh, acts chapter 2 and then gone hey let me flip on back to exodus here right but there's something going on here that is amazing what is the first thing you see in acts chapter 2 verse 1 on the day of what pentecost now good bible nerds ask questions right when when we read scripture and the first question that i think comes up in this passage of scripture is what is pentecost what does that mean what does that word mean i mean this is not a word that you see used really today at all outside of scripture and outside of the church and so when you start to break it down you can see and understand that there's something there's something very special going on here Pentecost well what does it mean it's a Greek word that literally means 50 days so 50 days well well, what's going on Why, why is it called 50 days well it's because it's marking a time that we see in the Old Testament where God tells his people 50 days after the Passover you are to celebrate a festival now I'm getting ahead of us a little bit so let's back up let's look at exodus let's look at exodus chapter 19 verses 16 through 20 and what we just read in chapter 2 the description of what's going on there i want you to see if you hear some things that are familiar and that have in common with exodus chapter uh, 19 verses 16 through 20 now this passage in exodus this is after god has delivered redeemed the uh, the israelites out of egypt They've gone into the desert, they've traveled, and they found themselves at Mount Sinai. 19, verse 14. So Moses went down to the people, he consecrated them for worship, and they washed their clothes, and he told them, get ready for the third day, and until then, abstain from having sexual intercourse. Verse 16, on the morning of the third day. You might want to underline that third day right there. What is this foreshadowing? What is this talking about? On the morning of the third day, do you think God's up to something? Do you think God is uh, putting something in his word to point us to Jesus? What happened on the third day? power of the resurrection well look at what happens here on the morning of the third day thunder roared and lightning flashed and a dense cloud came down on the mountain there was a long loud blast from a ram's horn and all the people trembled do you hear anything that's in common with acts chapter 2 smoke fire the mighty rushing the sound of a mighty rushing windstorm moses led them out of the camp to meet with god and they stood at the foot of the mountain, all of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because of the Lord, because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed in the sky like smoke from a brick kiln, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God thundered his reply. The Lord came down on top, of the mount, on top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses climbed the mountain. I mean, what's happening here? At Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, you see the Holy Spirit, God coming down. Is this the only time God has come down? No, it's pointing back to a time on Mount Sinai where God literally comes down. What is it that we see in the person of Jesus, the Messiah, God has come down to us, and then we see here at Pentecost God's showing up again now after this happened this experience on Mount Sinai happened God tells the people of Israel to observe uh, a number of festivals at certain times during the year and the third one that he tells them to observe is the festival of weeks Uh, today it's known as the festival of Shavuot if if you're Jewish so the festival of weeks Well, that sounds a little bit like Pentecost because Pentecost means what 50 days the festival of weeks guess what it was to be celebrated 7 weeks after the Passover 7 weeks 7 times 7 is what 49 so 49 days after 49 days is complete on the what 50th day every man and their family was called to and required in the law to show up in jerusalem at the temple to be part of a first fruits offering and to worship god at the temple there you know this is a a festival that had been going on for hundreds of years and it's gone on since then and it's a time where thousands and thousands of people show up at the temple in jerusalem as a matter of fact this is a picture of Shavuot the festival of weeks just a few years ago this is in the morning as the sun is rising and everyone has come to celebrate this festival and guess what they're celebrating today Shavuot the festival of weeks is celebrating God coming down on Mount Sinai his giving of the word of the law to his people and they refer to it as the birth of Judaism you see any commonalities let me tell you something else that happens at sinai that's connected to acts chapter two at pentecost and we're not going to get into it this week actually mike michael is going to talk about this next week we're talking about being spiritually alive but next week we're talking about being biblically serious and he's going to cover the next chapter the next section of uh, scripture in acts but remember what happens peter gets up and he speaks right and then at the, end of that, uh, at the end of that sermon that he delivers, do you remember how many people were saved? How many people were baptized? 3,000. You can look ahead. Now, if you go back to Exodus, and you continue to read through Exodus, what you're going to see is that Moses goes up on the mountain. God gives him his word. He comes down the mountain uh, with the ten words, right? And what does he discover? The golden calf. And if you read in there, in uh, I believe it's Exodus 32, verse 28, the result of that is 3,000 people die. Exodus at Mount Sinai, 3,000 people die. Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people saved. You think God's up to something? God's doing something big here, and you got to see what's going on and be able to understand, but you also need to see the big picture. And what does that mean to us? Well, has God given you a promise? Has He given you a promise in your heart? That promise of Jesus, that promise of salvation, that promise of forgiveness, and that promise that I will be with you always and is there something in your life that you're going through you may just be going through the motions of life and you're questioning is God really doing something? is God really working? is God is God going to show up? Acts chapter 2 tells us yes in a big way and you need to be a part of it. So let's look at, let's kind of break down. Acts chapter 2 as we continue to read and let's look at the picture of a church that is spiritually alive what is a church that is spiritually alive when you read through Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 13 all right on verse 1 Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost let's continue to read we kind of understand a little bit about what that means what's going on with Pentecost on the day of Pentecost all the believers were meeting together in one place well who were all of the believers these are the when when you see acts talk about believers it's people who believe that jesus is the messiah it's people who are following jesus it's those that have answered the call of christ when he says come follow me and if you back up all of the believers we get a clue in acts chapter 1 verse 15 where it says that during this time when about 120 believers were together in one place Peter stood up and addressed them so how many believers were there well we know there were 12 we know the apostles were there we know there were 120 and there could have been more but all of the believers were what they were gathered in one place now I don't know about you but for years and most of my life I kind of pictured that those believers were gathered in the upper room right we were gathered in the upper room this is where this uh, this experience happened but i don't know uh, and and this isn't something that i would base my salvation on okay this isn't a, a teaching or a belief that needs to be a foundational teaching this is just a question that i have and something that i can see kind of going on here i think that what we're about to see may not be happening in the upper room but it actually may be happening at the temple now, we'll talk about that in just a second. But when it talks about on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, what it would have been very natural for Jewish believers, who this is who these people were, who believed in Christ to do, was to show up early in the morning at the temple, just like that picture that you just saw, for the festival of Shavuot all of the believers were meeting together in one place and so the first thing you see about a church that is spiritually alive is it is a church that shows up it's a church that shows up not a building not an organization but the people of god who actually show up can you imagine being alive during this time knowing in your mind and knowing in your heart that God has called you to be in this place at this time based on a promise that he gave you uh, according to his covenant a long time ago, can you imagine missing this? How many people who had heard the call of God missed it just because they didn't show up? You know, a church that is spiritually alive is a church that shows up. And isn't there something that's just different and fun when you're a part of a church like that? I mean, one of my, one of my favorite things about coming to New Work Fellowship and being a part of New Work Fellowship is how you guys show up. Look, this is a picture that I just took my phone out and I just snapped this in the comments. Uh, I think it was a week ago or a couple of weeks ago. It's just full. Now, I'm an extrovert, so I like this, okay? You may be an introvert, and you look at this, and you're like, I am out the door, you know? And that's okay, that's okay. But there's just something special about God's people gathering together and showing up. And God doesn't call us to show up to tell us that we're a bad person if we don't. God calls us to show up because he wants us to be a part of the blessing of community, when brothers and sisters gather In the name of Jesus So don't miss the blessing Show up Be faithful and I promise you God will be faithful to teach you To grow you To draw you And to, and to uh, help you to be a part of the experience That he wants you to have The second thing that I, I see is this A church is spirit, that is spiritually alive Is a church that shows up But it's also, let's look at verses 2 and 3 It's a church filled With God's presence suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting then what looked like flames of, tongues of flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them there was no doubt in any of the people's minds that were showing up there especially the believers that what was happening was the very presence of God himself can you imagine hearing the story year after year about God coming down at Mount Sinai, picturing it in your mind, imagining what it would be like, and then being there that morning and actually hearing this sound, seeing these amazing things, there was no question, God is here and God is present. And Here's the thing that we get to enjoy now. There is no doubt that God is here and God is present. Here's the challenge with it. The challenge with it is actually being aware of God's presence. Right? Because God's presence changes everything. But it's easy for us to go throughout our day It's easy. I mean, let's just be honest It's easy to come to church and just kind of go through what we do here in worship service And then leave and then go to lunch or you know Go get our sunday afternoon nap and totally be unaware that we were in the presence of god or that we're still in the presence of god God's presence changes everything and it's so important for us to be aware that we are right here in the midst of of his presence i mean think about something what's the hardest thing that you're dealing with in your life right now i'm not trying to to push a button or or you know uh tap on a sore spot for you but what's the hardest thing that you're dealing with right now it's a circumstance that you're going through it's a worry that you have it's a fear that you have it's a something that you're trying to recover from what is it i want you to picture yourself just right in the midst of that hang on it's going to get good here in just a second What are you doing? How do you feel? What's happening? Now, continue to picture yourself right in the middle of that, but picture God standing right next to you. He's with you. He's walking with you. He is there. He's present. The God who created the universe, the earth, and everything in it. The God who created you. He knit you together in his mother's womb. He sent his son to die for you, to be uh, killed on a cross, buried in the grave, and raised uh, through the power of the resurrection. That God who loves you is with you and walking with you through it. Presence changes everything. The question is, are we aware of it? Isn't it crazy how the circumstance doesn't change, but in the perspective of God being there, all of a sudden, He is so much bigger than everything else. And the Holy Spirit is in you, and He who is in me, He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. A church is a church that shows up uh, spiritually. A church that is spiritually alive is a church that shows up. A church that is spiritually alive is a church that is filled with God's presence and they know it third thing is this a church that is spiritually alive is a church of believers filled with the spirit continue to read Uh, let's look at uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 4 and everyone present and I, I think this is still referring to the believers all of the believers that were gathered together in one place oh and by the way back up I missed something I don't want you to miss it As I said, I think this may be happening at the temple. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 2, where it says, Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. I mean, that immediately makes you think of what? The upper room. That Greek word for for house there can be interpreted two ways. It can be interpreted as house or as temple. So it could be that this is happening at the temple on those steps where Jesus taught, where everyone gathered together where they where they're planning on celebrating this festival. And then verse 3, then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. A church that is spiritually alive is a church full of believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit how are you filled with the Holy Spirit only one way the relationship with Jesus Christ and then what happens as a result look at continue to, let's continue to read here verses 5 through 11 look at what happens when the believers are filled with the Spirit because not only is a spiritually alive church a church of believers filled with the Spirit it's a church committed to telling others about Christ let's continue to read verse 5 at that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem in other words the Jewish people had been scattered all over in all of these different countries and remember what god did a long time ago god said i want you to show up at this place at this time so you see thousands of these jewish people that have traveled and they've come to this one spot and it says at that time there were devout jews from every nation living in jerusalem when they heard the loud noise everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers and how many languages are we talking about here it's at least this many they were completely amazed how can this be they exclaimed these people are from galilee and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages here we are you ready aren't you glad you don't have to read this list from this stage facing all of these people this morning but let's do it here we are parthians medes elamites People from Mesopotamia, which is a large area, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia, which is a large area, Phygia uh, Pamphylia, Egypt, which is a large area, and the areas of Libya and Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people. Speaking in our own languages and here's the big question what are they talking about? Speaking about the wonderful things God had done and what is it that believers in Jesus talk about when they talk about the wonderful things God has done on this day at this time in this moment they were talking about Jesus they were talking about Christ They were saying, he's the Messiah. He's the one that died on the cross and was buried. Guess what? I've seen it. He was was raised to life. I mean, he was here for the last 49 days. He was talking to us. He appeared to us time and time again, and he convinced us that he was alive. This wasn't our imagination. It wasn't a hallucination. This is for real, and they are excited to talk about the wonderful things that God had done. Look, that's a picture of the church that is spiritually alive. But you know, there's a question that comes out of uh, a reading of this passage of Scripture that I think everyone kind of wrestles with at some point. And it's this question Well, I don't know, I'm filled. How do I know I'm filled with the Holy Spirit? Because that really matters, right? I mean, what we're reading about is something that God did uh, in the past. What we're reading about is the picture of a church that is spiritually alive. But like I said when I got up here, don't you want to be a part of a church like that? Don't you want to be part of the body of Christ? So this is a very important question for us to ask. How do I know that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit? And the way to answer that is this. I would say, first off, a lot of us look at that initial experience that we have with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And there are a lot of different ways that we experience being saved. There's a lot of different ways that we personally experience being filled with the Holy Spirit, right? But if you want to look at the evidence of the Spirit in your life, look at the words of Jesus in the book of John. Turn with me to the book of john chapter 16 and let's look very quickly at verses 5 through 15 john 16 verses 5 through 15 and just read this from the perspective of acts chapter 2 it's so cool that god gives us his word so that we can have this perspective of seeing how god is just unfolding things throughout history to reveal himself now this is jesus talking to his followers where he says this But now I am going away. This is uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 16, beginning in verse 5. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. Who is the one who sent him? God the Father. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking me where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. So what were they really worried about? They were really worried about Jesus saying, I'm going away. No, don't go. But let's continue to read instead you grieve because of what i've told you but in fact it's best for you that i go away because if i don't the advocate won't come who's the advocate the spirit the holy spirit the advocate and right here jesus is saying very plainly isn't it funny how jesus just says very plainly so many times throughout the gospels okay gather around now listen to me now i'm gonna go up to jerusalem And the religious leaders are, they're going to arrest me, and they're going to crucify me, and I'm going to die, but I'm going to come back on the third day. And the disciples are like, what? And then right here, he's like, now look, gather around, listen, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to go away, and God's going to send the advocate. And isn't it cool to be able to read this from the perspective of acts chapter 2 because listen to what jesus says as he continues to speak to them he said if i do go away then then i will send him to you and when he comes he will convict the world of its sin and god's righteousness in the coming judgment the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me righteousness is available because i go to the father and you will see me no more judgment will come because of the ruler of this world has already been judged there's so much more that i want to tell you but you can't bear it now isn't that cool to hear jesus talk about it but talk about this because what do you think he's talking about well we just read about it in acts chapter two. Oh, there's so much more i could tell you but i don't think you could handle it right now but i'll tell you this he's preparing them for the coming of the holy spirit verse 13 when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. How do I know if I'm filled with the Spirit? Well, let's look at the work of the Spirit. What does the Spirit do in us as individual believers? And the first thing is this the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin and reveals God's righteousness. He convicts you of sin and He reveals God's righteousness. What is it that, uh, that we see in John chapter 16 in verse 8 through 11? And when He comes, He will convict the world of its sin and God's righteousness. Aren't you glad that those two things go together? That if the Holy Spirit is working in your heart to draw you to Jesus, He's going to do so by showing you this is wrong. This is sin. What is sin? Anything outside of God's will for your life. But he doesn't just leave you hanging there. He also reveals the way to God, the righteousness of God. What is the only way that we are forgiven of our sins and can be righteous in the presence of God? It's through Jesus. Through life in Christ. So he convicts us of our sin and he reveals God's righteousness and that doesn't only happen at the point of salvation that also happens throughout the life of the believer because we don't just in a second become perfect we are forgiven perfectly forgiven perfectly accepted perfectly righteous because of the blood of Christ but we still got some things to learn don't we we still have to learn how to follow Jesus how to become a fully engaged believer sometimes we miss the mark and when we do guess what the holy spirit does he convicts us of that sin and he shows us the right way to go second thing that the holy spirit does is this not only that but the holy spirit guides you into all truth verse 12 there's so much more i want to tell you but you can't bear it now when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth he won't speak on his own but will tell you what he has heard what has the holy spirit heard the word of god Right, So when you open Scripture and you read Scripture as a believer, the Holy Spirit will enlighten your mind, enlighten your heart, enlighten your soul to the truths of God. He leads us into all truth, and I believe that this is the foundation of all truth. God's Word is perfect. God's Word shows us the life that He calls us to live, And I love it because we could spend the rest of our life just resting in this, reading this, hiding it in our hearts and being obedient to it. And the Spirit is the one that gives us the ability to do that. The third thing is this. So not only does the Holy Spirit convict you of sin, reveals God's righteousness, guides you into all truth, but John tells us that the Holy Spirit glorifies Christ in your life and points you to Him. Continue to read. Look at verses 14 and 15. He will bring me glory. Who is it that's speaking? If you're looking at your Bible and the letters are in red, guess what? It's Jesus. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I say the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. How do I know if I'm filled with the Spirit? You can ask yourself four questions. Are you convicted of your sin? And at what point in your life are you dealing with that? Is it as a believer? Or is it that God is drawing you to become a believer? To trust in Christ? See, that's the work of the Spirit as well. Everyone sitting here today that is a believer in Jesus experienced the work of the Spirit that drew us to Him and the conviction of our sin. Are you convicted of your sin? Have you been saved from your sin? Have you taken that first step where you've given your heart and you've given your life to Jesus Christ and you've asked for the forgiveness of your sins? And do you long to go deeper into God's truth? Last question is this. Is your heart and your mind focused on Jesus? Now you may look at those questions and I think these are good ones for us to wrestle with. You may look at those questions and you may say, you know what? I I know I'm a believer, but there's been some times I've gone through some dry seasons. I've gone through some seasons where I've been disobedient. I've gone through some seasons where I can just really see that God is working in my life. And here's what I would say. In those seasons when you're going through uh, a time where it's dry or you're going through a time where you're like, I mean, I haven't talked to the Lord. I haven't picked my Bible up. I, I haven't been engaged in what God wants for my life. Do you feel convicted about it? Is there something that's drawing you back to it? Do you hear the words of Jesus saying, Come follow me? You see, that's the difference between someone who doesn't have the Holy Spirit in their life and someone that does. He will always draw us to grow. He will always draw us to follow. I've heard it said, and I like to say it like this. How do I know? Well, hungry people eat and thirsty people drink. Hungry people eat, thirsty people drink. If you're alive, you need to eat and you need to drink. And if you're alive in Christ and you're spiritually alive, you've gone from being spiritually dead in your sin to being spiritually alive in Christ, that means you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will cause you to hunger for the things of Christ and thirst for the things of God. And even if you may be far away from it, there's a voice in your heart, there's a drawing in your soul where God is saying, come back. And I would say this, if you answer those questions and you're like, no, I, I can't say that I've ever felt that conviction of it really mattering in my life if I know that God is there. If it, it, it really doesn't cause me any concern at all, then I would say this, come to Christ. Come to Jesus. He's calling to you. The Holy Spirit is drawing you. Jesus is saying, come follow me. Would you do that today? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you that you give us your word where we can dive in and we can see the truth that you have for us. We thank you that you call us from death to sin to being alive in Christ to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and to be spiritually alive. And so, Lord, if there's anybody here today that does not know you, they know that they're a sinner, but they haven't been forgiven of their sin by asking for forgiveness of sin and by committing to follow Christ, we pray that today would be a day of salvation where they would pray a prayer that sounds like this. God, I know I'm a sinner, and I want to ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I know that you sent Jesus to die on a cross. and You raised Him from the dead so that He could be my Savior. Today I commit my life to Him. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for accepting me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And Lord, if there's anybody here we know you, we know that we're filled with the Spirit, but yet... We're just in that season where we feel far away. God, I pray that you would draw us close to you. Remind us that you're present. Remind us that you're here. Help us to not miss the blessing of being fully alive, fully engaged in Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As the worship team leads us this morning, if you want to become a Christian, if you want to become a believer, and, and, and you want... To us to walk, somebody to walk with you through that, I would love to do that there's other pastors that are here other leaders here that would love for you to be able to do that, this altar is open this morning let me just encourage you to step out and step forward, we'd love to be able to encourage you in that, we'll also be available in the next steps area as you leave this morning, uh, to talk to anybody that would want to, if you want to just come forward and pray this morning just be in the presence of God, pray for his will for your life Thank Him that He's with you and pray and ask Him to continue to lead you and guide you and carry you. This altar is open. Let's just respond to the Lord this morning according to how He's leading each one of us. Let's all stand and let's sing together.